Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. On the news and through casual conversation at the water cooler, whatever the case may be, people are really suffering. And so it's important for people to know. Psalms 142, I'll never get through the message this morning. Um, I don't know, I've been an emotional basket case recently. I don't know if it has to do with my uh, being a a little bit more aged than I used to be. I don't know if it's what I've been through for the last 11 months medically. But I'm thankful for the Lord lets me shed some tears. Uh, I wouldn't trade the tears and, and the emotions of being concerned about people for a church with a thousand people in it. I wouldn't do it in a minute. I'd rather just have a heart that's burning for the things of God. We're running out of time, ladies and gentlemen. Time is short. And we need to be at the business of God. And, and uh, I, I'm so thankful that I may not have had a tender heart when I was a young pastor, but I'm glad God's let me have one in these older years, and, um, and I'm so thankful for that. So if I get a little emotional from time to time, um, I, I, don't, I, don't know where, I don't know what's causing all that, but it's okay. I cried unto the Lord. He's a little emotional too, wasn't he, David? I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. You'll you'll notice that as we read through here, there are some 33 personal pronouns that are given. I think 11 times he says I. I don't know how many other times me and my. I think it's about evenly spread out uh, uh, describing uh, who he's speaking of. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In my way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand, and beheld there was no man that would know, that would, uh, know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto the Lord, unto thee, O Lord, I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought forth, I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. And so reading these verses, I come across some texts that I've tried to uh, preach on over the course of the years. One of the uh, verses that I find in this text that I've been just kind of called back to it recently is found in verse number four. He said, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge fell me, and no man cared for my soul. Nobody cared for my soul. 
When I looked at that in verse number four, I came up with a couple of thoughts in these verses, just kind of a, a pre-summary of, of uh, the thoughts that we have before us this morning. There are at least three things that we find in this passage of Scripture. And uh, the one thing that I noticed, and I made note of it this way, one of the saddest feelings expressed in God's Word. When he said, no man cared for my soul. I take that as one of the saddest expressions that we find in all the Word of God. Can you imagine being in that state of mind? Can you imagine being in the state of mind, excuse me, uh, to the place that, that you've given up hope to the place? That as you looked around about you and you, you looked at your friends and you looked at your family and you looked at your neighbor, neighbors and uh, you looked down at the church, and you looked across the government spectrum and, and you looked at uh, all of the possibilities and the summation of it all was this. No man cared for my soul. You, you looked at all the programs and all of the agencies that, that tend and, and kind of lend to the idea of, of helping people. And even at the end of that, he said, nobody cared for my soul. While people will, most of the time, they'll be concerned, and I know that you're concerned about the things that are going on. You're concerned, and I, I'm confident that we'll have a tremendous response around here. If it's any less than that, I would be greatly surprised. I've already had several people to call me, by the way, and say, hey, preacher, what can we do? You know, what can we do? You know, you, it, it's uh, sometimes, you know, people just, they just get desperate and they want to do something. Do I jump in my old truck and grab my chainsaw and, and, a, and a, a parcel of tools and do I just take off down there and just find somebody that I can help? Oh, we've done that before. We've done that before. And uh, we should do those kind of things. And so we see that the saddest, one of the saddest feelings expressed in the Scripture are these words. No man cared me. I can't imagine that. I, I, have, I have been blessed uh, these 72 years here on planet Earth. I've been greatly blessed. I've been around thankful, thankful for a great family and great friends, a great church and a family of people that you know that if you get in a, in a, a, a stressful situation, if you get in a real troubled situation, there's going to be people there to help you. This church has never failed. Not one time, not one time. And I, I've been associated with probably the greater part of 45 years or more. And they always come to the surface. They always do. Whether it's missions or whatever the case may be. So let's be reminded, the saddest feeling is to think that nobody cares. You know, I even hate to hear somebody, and I try to... Uh, for the most part, I try to refrain from using the term, I don't care, because it, it is so, it's, it's so blatant, it's so penetrating. You know, for somebody, for your, for your spouse to hear you say, I don't care, for your children to hear you say, I don't care, for your neighbor or someone else, your boss man say, I don't care, it just kind of sends shockwaves throughout their system wondering about what kind of character you really have. And so... I try to, as much as I can, I try to refrain from answering somebody, 
I don't care. I, I don't give a flip. I don't, you know, it don't make any difference to me. We need to be careful about that. People need to know that we care. Now here's the other end of the spectrum. Verse number three, and then through the other verses as well, not only do we see the saddest feeling expressed in the Word of God, but we see the greatest thoughts expressed in the Word of God. Verse number three, then thou knewest my path. <laughs> Here's David, and, and he's crying out unto the Lord, and, and he's on his face before God, and he's, he's telling God all of his heart's troubles and, and all of the sorrows and even his sin and everything that, his, that he has been experiencing. And he, and he said, he made mention of it. He said, uh, I cried unto the Lord. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. And he talks about in, in verse number three, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, when my spirit, and he said, when I'd come to the end of my emotional road, I realized that Jesus knew where I was at. You know what my prayer is this morning, and, and I, I, I'm not going to spend the whole morning and the whole day alluding to what we've seen and what's going on uh, to our south, but it wouldn't hurt for us to. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt for us to. It wouldn't hurt for us to just try for just a moment. Maybe if we, maybe if we had the invitation now and played some soft invitation song maybe and, and just kind of cleared our minds for a moment and not worry about a message and not worry about preaching and not worry about the offering and all those kind of things, but just for a moment's time that we could put ourselves in their place. I was thinking this morning when I got up, I sure am glad that I'm on the giving end and not the receiving end. I, I, I'm so... You know, I'm so thankful this morning. I guess I, I should say I'm just thankful this morning that, you know, that I've I was, I was mentioned our dear friend for many, many years, Brother Tom Sex, just a great pastor, great church. Some of the most accommodating people I've ever been around in my life. They, we went there for a number of summers. We spent a week down there in a youth meeting, one of the greatest youth meetings in America. Just, they'd have somewhere six, eight, 900 teenagers down there for a week have some of the greatest services and the greatest activities they rented bowling alleys and skating rinks and water parks and and put put golf courses and we'd carry our young people down there sometime 30 35 of us would go down and spend the week and just just the most hospitable people I've ever been around in all my life I got a note I got a letter from his brother Ralph Sexton just I guess it was Friday night from Tom and Tom said, we've lost everything. I think he's probably a little bit older than Sister Debbie and I, and maybe 73 or 4, I don't know, maybe 5 or maybe less, I'm not sure. But can you imagine a lifetime of your possessions? Six to 12 feet of water come washing through your house and take away every tangible memory that you have. Said he'd been writing the book. And uh, here I go again. Said, <sighs> said he'd been writing a book for two years on Dr. Lee Robertson. He was the founder of Temple a Baptist College and University there in Knoxville, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And uh, just a great preacher of the gospel. And uh, uh, 
Dr. Sexton had been writing for two years, he'd been writing notes about a book on this great man of God. And he said it all washed down the street. Can you imagine going home? I remember when I was just a young fellow, maybe 10 years old. I'll never get to the message, I'm almost done. About 10 years old, I remember I lived, we lived down on Hutchison Street, and Hutchison Street, uh, the block that we lived on, on uh, we lived on Hutchison Street. One side was Ward Avenue. Uh, the other side was Pittman Street. And then the other side of the block toward Madison Highway was Poole Street. And so a whole bunch of houses in the, on that square block. And I remember the neighbors that were behind us, they were circus people. They would only be there a few months out of the year. They, they traveled with the circus, a good friend of mine, the Boyds. And uh, the young man that was my age, he was a, a tightrope walker. And, uh, and, you know, and we make friendship through the, uh, well, sometimes we were friends, sometimes we fought. But uh, at uh, most time, we were pretty good friends. And I still have a scar in the middle of my back where his big German shepherd jumped up and stuck his teeth in my back when I was trying to tussle with him. But anyhow, that's, that's a whole other story. But I remember waking up, I could see their house, There's, it was straight behind my bedroom window. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night one, one night and, the, and my bedroom was unusually bright. And I looked at the window and the window was just glowing amber and yellow. And I went over to the window and raised it up and I looked and their house was fully ablaze. Their house burned to the ground. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the feeling that you have when you've Everything that you have has been lost without explanation. When you, are, when you are feeling the expression of nobody caring, no man cared for my soul. No man cared. And yet the reality of it is there is somebody that cares. I want to leave you with that this morning. There's somebody that fully cares. No matter what you go through, no matter, and, and we heard it in Sunday school this morning, I'm telling you, God is real and, and God is there and God, He will help us and He'll help those folk down there, but He may use us to help them, I don't know. Amen, amen. Sometimes it just makes you want to give everything. I remember a family one year, it was Christmas time and, and uh, all the, I think it they had three or four kids, mom and dad, three or four kids. And Christmas had come around and the Lord had dealt with their heart to the, that, uh, and, and, and they got together as a family and prayed about it. And they said, you know, just for the glory of God, for Jesus' sake, why don't we just take all of our Christmas? The kids didn't even know what they had yet. It was all still wrapped in boxes. They said, why don't we just take all of our Christmas and go give it to some poor family. You're thinking, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> Would you if Jesus told you to? I tell you, we'd be better off with nothing and have the blessings of Jesus than to have all this world's goods and not have the presence of his glory on our lives.
And so here's, here's the message. I have five points to the outline. I've, 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 I went through five stories in the New Testament that summarize the truth that I've just shared with you. And we're not, we're not going to look at it this morning. The outline looks like this. In Mark 10, 46 through 52, he hears us in our distress. There's, that, there's a, the blind man and, and he's crying out and they say, shh, be quiet. Don't bother Jesus. And he cries out all the more. And so even in our distress, he hears our cry. He said, call upon me and I will answer thee. Show thee great and mighty things. That thou, has, has that happened in your life? And so he hears us in our distress. My next story was found in Luke chapter 19 in verses 1 through 10. He looks on us in our helplessness. In our helplessness. There's little Zacchaeus. And he was because of the rush of the crowd. And he was a little short fella. And he couldn't see Jesus. So he scurries up into the sycamore tree just that he might be able to see Jesus. The theme of that story, along with he hears us in our distress, he looks upon us, he looks on us in our helplessness. The Bible said in, in, uh, verse, number, in verse number five, it said something like this. And Jesus saw him. Out of all that crowd and of all those people and probably... But he looks up into this one tree and he sees this one wee little man. He looks on us in our helplessness. Our third story is this, and we'll preach it at another time. He sees us in our affliction. There in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. And then not only does he see us in our affliction and hear us in our distress and look on us in our helplessness, he sees us in our affliction, but he comes to us in our trouble. John 4, verses 1 through 15. And then finally, he saves us in our sin. That woman caught in the very act of sin, and he says to her so kindly in verse number 11, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So here's the summary of the message. We see that, that, um, that the psalmist is feeling like there's no one that cares. The people don't care. He's not even sure as to how the Lord cares for him. But here's the title of our message, and it's a very old title on a brand new message. The one who knows. It said, notice what he said in, in, in he said, um, he said in verse number three, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou, can somebody say the next word? Newest. My path. The one who knows also cares. In all the five stories that I just threw out to you, it's obviously that when Jesus knew, and he always knows every situation, but when they called on him, knowing their situation, the third and final thing, there's the title of our message. The one who knows is also the one that cares, and the one that cares is also the one that helps. He is one and the same. He knows, he cares, and 
he helps. And, and the psalmist said that and down through verse number 7. It's all, in, it's all in the story. It's all in the story. Thank you for being such a good audience this morning. We have the pianist to come at this time. and We'll have a song of invitation. Brother Greg, if you would come in just a moment. We may sing a couple of stanzas. If you would stand with us today. The altars are open. Whatever your need is today. I just wanted to encourage you. Jesus really cares.